welcome to the Nose Love Podcast. I am Father Michael. And I'm Molly. We have guests today. We do. Guests to my right. Who are you? Johan. Hi, Johan. Give him a round of applause, everybody. <laughs> guests to my left. Who are Unenthusiastic. you? Unenthusiastic. <laughs> my name is Ichabod Vladimus III. Oh, I can't even repeat that back. <laughs> <laughs> this is Peter Stetson. Hi, Peter Stetson. Give him a round of applause. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we can insert some like fake applause. <laughs> Peter and Joe just made amazing pizza. They did. For we the, ate for so the much whole of it. house. We watched Loki and Molly and her boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was the only girl with six guys. Five, six, doesn't matter. Anyway, five. I had six fun. if you count Loki. <laughs> yeah, we watched the first episode of Loki. They all know we're how obsessed we are with Marvel. Um, we discussed that quite, and food. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the two things that are not related to God that we talk about the most. That's the other special thing. Peter has at least somewhat of a relationship with Desperado Dogs. Oh my gosh, That we gets also... brought up quite a bit on yeah, the show. Yeah, we do. His brother is the owner <laughs> mm-hmm. and creator and distributor. <laughs> he is the distributor. He is the Desperado Dog Man. <laughs> so I keep calling him Hot Dog Boy. He doesn't like it. He's shaking his head at me. We need that to catch on. <laughs> no, do not. If you if you ever see Peter Stetson on the streets, please yell out hot dog boy. <laughs> hey hot dog boy. Abort mission. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father. Yes. How do you know these two gentlemen here with us today? Well, both of them are seminarians. That's true. And I am, at least for a few more weeks, the director of vocations for the Diocese of Steubenville. Mm-hmm. And so I've been involved with them, I don't know, for several years well, now. Were you the vocations director when both of them entered seminary? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. That's super cool. What? I just realized that that's five years ago. <laughs> that, <laughs> it like, is. Like, I didn't, like, you know, like, it's funny to look at it and be like, oh, it's been this long. But, like, the wow, whole time. We've been in a relationship like this for, like, five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. And now you even have a different relationship because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Both of <laughs> Which them was are... what I was referring to, but that's also a good one. <laughs> <laughs> one precedes the other. Both of them are living here at the rectory with me and Father Nick. Mm-hmm. Joe for a year and Peter for the summer. Yeah. Cool stuff. So. We just wanted to have them on to talk about seminary Mm because we've talked about, you know, our vocations. And so with Father being on this podcast, we've talked a lot about the priesthood, but not much really, if anything, about formation um, and what it's like to be a seminarian and um, be in formation of your vocation. Um, So I'm definitely really interested to hear more about this. So to start, um, I think we just kind of wanted both of them to share both a little bit about where they are in, in the formation process of seminary. And maybe, Father, I'll probably have you start with a brief sum- summary of that process for those who don't know. Sure. And then they can both share a little bit about what brought them to where they are in their in their vocation story. So take it away, Father. <laughs> yeah, so, so real quickly, uh, people don't just say, like, oh, I'm going to be a priest, and um, the next day they are. Um, mm-hmm. It takes time, and... For a lot of people, you always get a college degree, whether that's in seminary or not. And then after that, there's usually some time studying theology. And so you're looking at either like eight years right out of high school or four years of college and six years of seminary. And maybe there's a couple additional years in there for different things. So um, uh, it's a long process, but there's also a lot. So it's not just like learning a ton of things. It's uh, being, that's like you called it, Molly, the formation process. It's being formed into the kind of person 
that would be a good priest. And that's really the point of it. Not so much like jump through hoops and, you know, take the right classes, although there's lots of classes and there are lots of hoops. Um, but uh, there, it's to be formed and to have a good relationship with God and to be a man of prayer and a man of the people and all those things so that when God willing and fairly soon the, the bishop ordains these guys, uh, they'll be the best possible priests that they can be. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could start with you, Joe, just answering a little bit about those questions I brought up. Who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> Where are you at? What's in the seminary process and what brought you to that point? So I am, I guess, entering into my T3 year. That's some slang for third theology. So <laughs> since I came in, I did my undergrad at Franciscan. Uh, Barons. That's right. Uh, did a couple years in between while discerning and then entered seminary. So I did two years pre-theology, it's called, and then moved into theology. So you do four years. At the end of third theology, typically you're ordained a deacon, and then at the end of fourth theology, a priest. So I'm going into basically my, what, junior year of theology would be the equivalent. So mm-hmm. please God, at the end of this year, I'd be a candidate for diaconate. And then for Priestly the, the year after that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and got a bit of a close up on that whole process because my older brother was two years ahead of me, also in seminary, two years ahead of me in formation. And so he was ordained a deacon a year ago. And then just, what, three weeks and a couple of days or so ago was ordained to the priesthood for the same diocese of Steubenville. Mm-hmm. That's been awesome. Congratulations, Father Jeremiah. Mm. Super cool. So, <laughs> Joe just panicked because he forgot <laughs> what the other question was. <laughs> Which is, there's so many times when we're recording this, and no one ever hears this book because we can surprise, spoiler alert, cut things out. Yeah, but it's not perfect. There's so many moments where Father will ask something, and I'll hear him, and I'll, it'll be two seconds before I'm supposed to talk, and I'll be like, I'm sorry, I was definitely not <laughs> listening. <laughs> so, <laughs> my, our next question, what's, like... Your vocation story, I guess, like what has brought you to where you're at at this point in your vocation? You're not a priest yet, obviously, but um, just to, to the point that you're at of discernment. Ooh. 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 Quickie um, version. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God. Yes. Good answer. Good job. That was the very quick you one. You passed the pastor <laughs> check. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, it's been, I don't know, it's been a lot of different things along the road. It really is quite the road. Um, for a lot of guys, it starts really early. They kind of know or have some sense of wanting to be a priest as a kid. Uh, I didn't have much. I once, when the John Paul II movie came out, uh, with the actor from Princess, the Princess Bride, I, I forget. Carrie Ellis. Car- okay. Yeah. That so guess. I saw that and immediately felt I had a vocation to be the Pope. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like five or six and Yeah. But apart from that, no real, no real sense from childhood about a desire for the priesthood. But then it was, it was really one particular conversation with uh, a family friend about halfway through college where he just, I don't know, described the priesthood in a way I hadn't heard before and the real fatherhood, the spiritual fatherhood of the priesthood and the beauty of, of giving the sacraments, of, of kind of, I don't know, making the parish a home for families. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just suddenly saw a priesthood in a new light and, and really thought, all right, Lord, I really want that. I don't know if you want it for me, but yeah. I really want it. So we're going to kind of keep seeing. And, and that's basically been it. That was, 
it's been what six what eight years since then wow uh yeah and it's been a lot of different places i wasn't sure if that was going to be in religious life or or in russia or back here in the diocese and so just kind of been a roller coaster following god's will wherever it leads but always feeling that desire to to serve the lord to serve his people to be close to him and yeah all in the context of the priesthood yeah that's super awesome and well, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I like that you said just like God gave you that desire. Because I think a lot of times when it comes to celibate vocations, people are like scared of it because they're like, I don't want to do that. But mm-hmm. like it, you touch on something important, which is like God gives you the desire and the joy through what he calls you to, um, which is super important. Like he, he never forces you into something that's going to make you miserable. So it's cool to hear that it like was born forth from a desire in your heart. Cause that's how it goes. Right. Um, all right, Peter, you're up. Do Great. you need a refresher for the questions? I do. Okay. So <laughs> where you're at in seminary and how you got to that point, what's kind of your vocation story thus far? Awesome. Yeah. So I'm entering my first year of theology. Um, so a couple of years behind Joe here. Uh, so I'm looking at about four more years of uh, time and formation prior to being ordained as a priest. Um, and very grateful for that. I think to borrow some words from Joe from a couple of years ago, it's like, it's it's too much time because it's not close enough. Um, and good heavens, I'm so glad I've got at least this much time to get ready. Because, <laughs> uh, wow, there's so much more formation to do, right? Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of answers like whereabouts I am. Mm-hmm. Um, in a general term of like vocation stuff, um, I guess I would say like deference to God, um, has kind of been like it, right? So it's God, you know, to borrow from Joe again, <laughs> but like, um, you know, as I looked back over it and I was like, Hey, like, why am I like entering seminary? Like, um, it was initially kind of through actually contemplating marriage. Uh, so I love to tell this story. It's sort of funny, but I grew up in a little church, um, outside of Steubenville, a little white church on top of a hill. And as I was there one day. Uh, the priest finished his homily, and he was, or sorry, finished the gospel and was shuffling his papers for the homily. And it was almost as if like light shone down and like angels were singing, ah, you know. And <laughs> Is that what angels sound like? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard him. Have you heard him? <laughs> I have not. I thought you did. <laughs> then they, they might sound like that. You don't okay. know. <laughs> Whoever hears them first, get back to the group. <laughs> but this moment happened and I was like convinced of what my vocation was going to be at that time. I was going to marry the girl who sat two pews in front of us, <laughs> you know, um, and kind of in a great ironic twist. Um, this girl's first name was faith and it began this sort of yearning. And then I began praying because at the time I had this sort of idea of God as this divine Santa Claus. So I was like, Oh, divine Santa Claus in the heavens like please grant me the gift of faith um asking for the girl of course with the irony not lost it even at the time um and as like faith sort of took hold and like grew and blossomed i all of a sudden found myself like contemplating like hey what is it the priest is doing like oh man think about that like being at the altar like giving the homily talking about these things and realizing how attractive those were yeah and then starting to desire them and then as that grew it was like oh i've got these two things to hold in contrast and like which one do i want and it just sort of came down to it where i was like all right god i can't have both of these so let me try the girl first and if that doesn't work out i'll go try seminary <laughs> and then two weeks later her family moved away <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> and i was like all right so 
Um, so that kind of sealed it and <laughs> pushed me. It pushed me over the edge and entered seminary. And it's kind of been a funny like, just as ever ever a stepping stone from there, right? Where it's been like a greater appreciation for priesthood, a greater relationship with God, and it's almost like self feeding. And a funny like third like leg to the stool there is like a greater and greater appreciation for marriage, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like just like been through it all. But just as it's gone on, like just to say like where I am, like stepping into this year has been like, wow, there's like a lot of great confidence coming into it as I have like more freely recognized the goodness in each vocation. And then have kind of come to a decision like, oh yeah, like I'm I'm gonna like go towards like priesthood right now. That's what I'm gonna choose. And the, the church is always, you know, at freedom to like change that. And yeah. you know, God could always change that. But like everything seems to be pointing this to this direction. Yeah. Like I'm moving forward with it. Yeah. That's awesome. So you guys said yes at some point, at least to I'll go to seminary. Okay, God, I'll do this. Um what have been like, I don't know. The, the best parts of seminary for you. Like, I think it's kind of mysterious. I remember when I was in school, a group of Boy Scouts came for, like, a tour, and they were shocked that, like, we had normal rooms with, like, they weren't stone. Um, <laughs> and that, like, people, like, played video games or whatever. And just, like, I think they imagined, like, a dungeon where we prayed. And, yeah. Um, like a monk-type situation. Yeah, that, that's not You didn't case. have that at your seminary? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oh, apparently it's, I'm it's, it's been renovated since <laughs> Yes. So what have been, like, the best things of, of this process for you? Are the things that stand out? Easily the 19-page seminary application. <laughs> Dude, I've heard so many things about that. <laughs> I don't, I'd say Good the number answer. one thing is definitely definitely the community. Uh, just being with so many other guys who are discerning and from such a variety of perspectives, backstories. I don't know. So just, yeah, being with them in classes, in prayer, certainly, and in all the normal things. And I, I have met met my match and much more and several guys in, in N64 Smash. I've gotten roundly <laughs> destroyed by some of my best friends there in that. Uh, and playing soccer and and also just having conversations about what we're going through and how that plays into our spiritual life, how we're finding God in, in our daily life and in our preparation for priesthood. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, ditto on the community. Like, There's a great, great grace and all of that where god is like hey i'm gonna put you with people who are like asking the same kinds of questions and sometimes they're asking them ahead of you (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like that's sort of a beautiful thing where like it teaches you to like what are the questions you're supposed to be asking is you like walk through dilemmas with people or like they walk through with you um i think those are kind of like the key and like beautiful moments like there's whole bunches of great times like between like the sports field to like just like morning coffee and conversation and such it's all like good and lighthearted. um but it's all like the really deep moments that come forth that are just like focused on the goal like here we are together brothers in arms like kind of like charging towards this piece and like moving forward and like dealing with the obstacles that come up and there's something really good and wholesome and beautiful and it's kind of funny because like seminary is a thing that's like only for a time like one of the common catchphrases in seminary at least where i've been is like no one has a vocation to seminary mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. true like this is just like a training ground to like get us out elsewhere um, but like, man, the community life and kind of like the beauty and the fraternity that's like there in seminary is something that I know I'll miss when I like move on, um, mm-hmm. and forever like kind of treasure, like moving forward. Yeah. That's beautiful. Father, would you say that was your experience or what was like the best part of seminary for you? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a strong experience of just that 
it's like college in a lot of ways, like, I don't know, quote-unquote regular college in a lot of ways, but with that that difference that you're all working towards that same goal. Mm-hmm. And that's so, like, interesting and powerful, besides the fact that you're praying together all the time and doing all that stuff. But, um, yeah, that's sort of like... And it's not like heaven. <laughs> it's right. the, I mean, you have, you're just putting a bunch of guys together <laughs> with different personalities and Your bathrooms are probably so messy. <laughs> we were just not going to talk about that one. <laughs> I had to bring a little female commentary to this. Oh, I'm the only yeah. girl here, so. Yeah, because you're, yeah, you're going to, like, people are going to bother you, and you have to learn to deal with that. And so that's that's a positive experience, a positive experience too, even if you don't want it. Because you experience it as a priest, too. Totally. You're going to, mm. like, even though, I mean, you said, Peter, like, it's not... The rest of your life isn't seminary, but you, as diocesan priests, will live with other diocesan priests for the whole of your life, mm-hmm. probably, unless, you know, I don't know something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that's, it's like, even though you won't be in seminary forever, you'll have to learn to get along with people, mm-hmm. with other men who you're living in community with and serving with forever. Um, so I guess that being said... What are some of the hard parts of being, not just like living in seminary, but maybe like being in kind of this in-between where you're, I mean, you both express feeling confident that the Lord is calling you to the priesthood, um, but you're not priests yet and you haven't committed your whole self to that yet because you're still in formation. So you can leave. Um, And well, I want to talk about this too, like it's okay to leave. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but before we get there, what are, what are some difficult parts of being kind of in that in between? Like, I, f- I feel like I found my vocation, but like, I'm not like, you know, spoused to it at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. I would say a really immediate one is, is kind of a material like impotency, if you will. Cause wow, like we spent like so long. So I've, I've been in for five years. I've like kind of like been around the block in this area a little bit um and so the funny thing is that like kind of getting to that point of being like okay god like i want to be in relation to you i want to like receive your love and then i want to like thrive in that and then i want to outpour that love right and right now that outpouring is on the wood of the desk (laughs) like that is the cross um but like the funny thing is that like there's not like another person there right so like the ultimate goal of like priestly ministry like it's never alone if you will like there are elements of it that that kind of can be, but like, yeah, like you're there with the people in the church saying mass. You're there in the confessional with another person. You're there at the baptism with other people, right? Like there's so much like people like focus. I might be giving away the fact that I'm a little bit of an extrovert, Hmm. but like, (laughs) but like, it's funny because like, it's like, it's a challenge to like misapprehend that I don't have any outlets of like, administering to other people yeah and like that's fine like that's it kind of should be that way to some degree where like we spend a lot of time preparing so that when you do get to the point of just spending time with people in copious amounts Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like you're doing it like right or at least you're not like falling to grievous error like too easily (laughs) right so like it's necessary but like i see as one of like a a real pitfall and difficulty where it's like easy to get frustrated over that and easy to like Mm -hmm. get down over that and be like wow this place like i don't feel myself connected to the overall mission which is like like it's hard to hard to grasp at yeah like that just like you just get down over that like really easy Mm. Mm -hmm. i've never thought about that that but i could see that 
would make a lot of sense. Like, especially because you're in seminary for so long and you feel that call, but you're not like living in it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what thoughts you have, Joe? You get a lot of fun analogies uh, at seminary. Sometimes people say it, it'd be like the equivalent of being engaged for six to eight years. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then also you don't know for sure that it's going to happen. So some people say it's like getting down on one knee asking, will you marry me? And then there's a six to eight year pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, so the uncertain the uncertainty is definitely difficult. Uh, the discernment's definitely difficult because... All of us, we want to get where we're going. Uh, we want to, we want to have the answers, and that's good. That that's something we need to to focus on to be working towards and preparing for. Uh, but at the same time, I think for myself, for a lot of others, one difficulty of being at seminary is accepting where you're at and trying to balance those two things. Which is, no, no one's called the seminary permanently, but everyone who's at seminary is being called there now. This is exactly where God wants you to be. I had a great classmate, great friend, um, who was just, who who was losing it uh, really <laughs> rough for him. And especially he, before coming to seminary, he was so involved in his parish. It was really hard to be away from everyone. And especially during COVID where we had much far fewer opportunities to get out and do ministry. And uh, so he just told his spiritual director, I've, I've packed my bags. He literally had packed one of his bags. Um, <laughs> And the director just calmed him down for a little bit and just said that phrase a few times. You are exactly where God wants you to be. Mm. And it's a very hard truth to kind of keep in mind in seminary, or at least to keep balance with that. You are where God wants you to be, and you're going where God wants you to get. Yeah, whether that's ordination or not. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I guess that kind of brings me to... This question of, and this is really for you too, Father, because I'm sure you've experienced it. I mean, I'm sure all of you have experienced being in seminary with people who have left, um, which is, I mean, the same way I always say, <laughs> you know, people are allowed to break up. That's why you date. You're allowed to leave the seminary. That's why there's the seminary, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing unholy or wrong about that. It's oftentimes, and I would say most of the time, beautiful and admirable and holy um so i just kind of want to hear all three of your perspectives on on that on the fact that like you know father you're you're in for life (laughs) if you didn't know (laughs) what (laughs) you've made those promises (laughs) but joe and peter you while you feel called to that and lord willing you will be ordained priests you could leave seminary you know you don't know like you said that uncertainty you don't know what the lord will do in the next However many years you have, you have two, you have four, right? Good, Good memory, job. Well wow. I did Good it, everybody. <laughs> it's a miracle. Um, so just what has that experience been like for you? Maybe being aware of that reality within yourself, but also maybe like seeing brothers of yours walk through that and, and leave seminary. And just what are maybe your thoughts on that? Yeah, if I could, I think just point out that like you go to seminary to discern. And yeah. both mm-hmm. of you mentioned that. And I think there's a, a fear that people have that, guys will be like, oh, I'm afraid to even bring, talk to somebody because that means I'm in, like I'm stuck, um, and then you can't get out. And that's just, that's just not the case. That um, It's a place especially especially suited to like uh, thinking about what, you want, what God wants you to do. You're praying more. You have people to talk to and help you. You're in an environment where you can focus on that a little more. And so when people leave who did it right, um, it's like, oh, well, that's, 
they're not losing anything to me. That's that's the important thing. They had a great experience. They got closer to God, maybe more clarity on what they are called to do. Like, that's the point. And I mean, I have so many classmates and people I knew in seminary like left along the way. Like it's just it's just how it works, and mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of the process so that the ones who are called um, can more and more clearly see like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. It's mm-hmm. sad but it's not mm-hmm. the worst thing. Yeah. Or even like a bad thing. Even a bad thing, yeah. And then what about you guys? Well, unless they were in a role in the play that you were going to put on in the spring. Ooh. <laughs> That'll. Did that hit a wound there for Man, you? Too? I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's definitely hard. I've had really good friends who who've discerned out uh, and you miss them and you you miss being on that path with them. But at the same time, I've I've been really surprised. There have been a few guys will be asked to leave. A few guys, there are harder situations. But in my experience, the vast majority of guys really leave very freely uh, and with a great sense of interior freedom where they've really discerned it well and and have so much more freedom for having gone to seminary and and overwhelmingly are incredibly grateful for their time. I'm always kind of surprised at that because I... I would be kind of goal-oriented and be like, oh, Lord, we wasted two years. I could have been married two years earlier and whatnot. And, <laughs> and you just see them in that. Even the ones who are, who are married, you know, within a year or two after leaving seminary, you, you never get the sense from them of, wow, I, I, I could have had this earlier. They're so grateful for the formation they've had, and, and you're grateful for having gotten that time with them. Yeah. yeah. Father and I have a good friend who was in seminary for a year, and now he's married, and... Um, he speaks about how that, well, it wasn't always the easiest thing in the world for him. Like it was an important time um, because then you never have this like, what if, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important, especially if you're like then going to live out a marriage after that. Like you don't want to be in a marriage and always saying, but what if I went to seminary? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, hopefully if, you, you know you take any sort of vow or promise you you will know that that is your vocation because you have chosen it um but yeah that it's good to give it a try yeah Mm -hmm. and it's the same for women trying out religious life like going and visiting and even living there for a period of time at a convent doesn't mean you're (laughs) i keep saying stuck there that's not the most positive (laughs) way to look at it but like you're not locked in for life no yeah that just like dating like you Mm -hmm. You can meet different people. Yeah, and I actually was just talking to Zach, who everyone knows, he was just here, about that, like how one of the most beautiful things about where we are at in our relationship is both of us are free to leave. Like, I'm not married, I'm not even engaged, and even if I was engaged, like, I'm still free to walk away. Like, I haven't made a lifelong vow or commitment. But that's, like, what I admire so much about dating couples but about also about seminarians and women who are in formation for religious life but haven't taken that final vow like you're making a real everyday choice right now that you're not obligated to make right now um and that adds so much beauty in in my opinion to where you're at in life Mm -hmm. like you're you are making a choice to stay there and obviously as a priest father like you are making a choice to be a priest every day. But it's it's different in the sense that you've made that mm-hmm. commitment, like that one final choice that 
you have to more so recommit yourself to every day rather than like actually wake up and say, am I going to do this today or not? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think that the freedom to leave is really beautiful. Um, Especially if like the Lord is calling you to something, you will have all these years of, I could have left, but I stayed with the Lord Mm -hmm. um, and asked him where he was calling me to. Or even I could have left and then he did ask me to leave. Like, it's just this like daily journey mm-hmm. with the Lord that I think is really just beautiful. No matter what vocation our end is, like that forms mm-hmm. us all in that in-between sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, that I won't be able to experience when I'm married, Lord willing. Like I, I will not experience that, that sort of daily choosing in the same way. Um, just the same same with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. You're living out the commitment at that point, not yes. making it again, but, but living it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole new beauty to that. Um, but I think it's amazing. Um, Father, earlier, what did I mention? I said something at the beginning and I was like, I want to talk about this. Hot dog boy. Hot dog boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely it. <laughs> Peter's mad. Peter um, just, just visibly threatened me. <laughs> Dang it. Hold on. I'm gonna... Something I wanted to bring up is just how being in seminary has affected your prayer because I think that's definitely a huge part of it. And, you know, whatever age you were in, Joe's laughing. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't pray. Uh, <laughs> He's, Joe stopped praying when he had seminary. So it affected what is, it. What is prayer? Uh, <laughs> we got to start from the beginning. But, like, you know, as a young man in high school and even college, you, you're, you're learning to pray as an adult. And then seminary, it's way more intentional and structured and... I don't know, even just the fact that you have a spiritual director, it's examined in a different way. So what's that been like for you guys of how have you grown in prayer? How has it been? uh, How has it stretched you? Anything like that? Yeah, uh, it's been good ultimately. And maybe that's as much of a byproduct of like just maturing in general as it is being in seminary. But the two really are like kind of linked and go hand in hand. I can definitely say that like having walked in, right, I sort of alluded earlier, like, you know, having this funny idea of God is like, oh, this divine Santa Claus. But those kind of like makeshift images or ideas of our relationship with God are things that we really like spend a lot of time purifying ourselves of and then living out of a deeper and like more fuller relationship and like, like yeah, <laughs> uh, with God. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, yeah, there's kind of so much there, right? Uh, so it's, it's kind of hard to like, wow, okay, how do I how do I piece it all together? I guess I'd say that like something I've heard again and again is that like prayer is ultimately like relationship with God, right? Which is why like, okay, like, we're always in relationship to God. And so like St. Paul's like pray always like makes more sense because like, well, he's everywhere. We're always in relationship. He's always intimately like involved with us and like oriented towards our good. Um and so prayer, if you will, in seminary has kind of been a great like coming together and joining of seeing God's like hand at work all the time. Uh, I thought I was sharing this with you the other day and like one of my recent spiritual directors had pointed out that like as we meet in spiritual direction and we're talking over the events of life, really what we're looking for is God's fingerprint scattered throughout like all these events, uh, we're really just dusting for the fingerprint. Mm-hmm. And it's super true. Um, it's really, really true where it's like, I've had so many moments in life 
where I've been like, this is really dry, like nothing's going on, like the world is terrible, life sucks. <laughs> um, but going in and like kind of examining it as you referenced is like, oh, like, no, this is good. But like, it's funny because that examine, that kind of conscious examination of life is something that's like spurred on by seminary. Like just the very structure of itself to like pray at very specific times. So like in seminary, we're like working through the breviary, which is definitely a part of priesthood, you know, in the future. But like there, we'll often do like morning prayer and evening prayer together. Um, and a lot of times we'll have like okay, like mass and different seminaries do that at different spots. And a lot of seminaries will have like a holy hour available throughout the day. Um, and these are the sort of general expectations. But like just feeding that structure in, and just all of a sudden you're plugging into making time for God stuff happens you know mm -hmm. yeah. um you definitely got to apply yourself but like god is at work and he'll start to draw you deeper weed out like your misconceptions of him and then like oh what do you know like you're entering deeper into this relationship of god better apprehending his love and like it kind of changes everything yeah yeah i would i would say it, it's somewhat similar to what i was talking about with community where community isn't one of many things you have at seminary, it, it's what you have all throughout seminary. So everything you're doing to some degree, you're doing it in community or in the context of community. And it's similar with prayer because you aren't on your knees 24 seven, like 23 hours a day max. But Seminary <laughs> <laughs> do you go to? <laughs> Sorry, my spiritual director reprimanded me when I was getting up to 18 hours per night. Um, yeah, you gotta calm down, man. Yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah, and in different contexts, so obviously mass and the breviary, which you'll pray a couple sections of the breviary, so about 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening with the rest of the community, uh, some parts that you'll pray alone. Uh, you're expected to read scripture. You're expected to hopefully incorporate the rosary or parts of that. Um, but also just, just be bringing the Lord more into your day. And my spiritual director at seminaries, in particular, one idea he focuses on a ton is God's presence throughout the day. So you come in and, and you have all these different things of like, yes, okay, I nailed Rosary these two weeks. You're so excited to talk to impress your spiritual director, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he's like, so how present is, is Jesus with you today? Like, oh, all right, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, not very. And, <laughs> and that's okay because that's, that's another part of it is just realizing that prayer is, it's a long road. It's a lot of growth. And a lot of the t time, I think what we're tempted toward, what, what Satan kind of tries to put into our mind is that we're doing it all wrong. We're not where we're supposed to be. We're failing and, and it's our fault. Yeah. And if we had our crap together, then we would be Teresa of Avila or John of the Cross already. It's like, <laughs> no, like the Lord is, is working with you. And he, he loves this whole road. He, he loves where you're at and he, he wants to lead you forward, but but he wants to spend time with you. And he, he values those 60 seconds before a soccer game where you ask to not get too competitive and then ultimately do get too competitive <laughs> and tell Andrew that he shouldn't have shot. The, you can, that's a non-specific. Okay. You got yeah. it. Okay, thank you. Andrew, if you're, if you're listening, what the heck, man? <laughs> that's a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's... I, th I feel like when you're in a time or season or whatever it is for you guys at seminary of just like constant discernment, it's probably pretty easy to be like, okay, how do I pray in the context of this? But like at the end of the day, like we're all on the same road home 
to heaven and God just wants to hang out with you. Like, mm-hmm. and spend time with you and doesn't always want to be like, okay, let's talk about the priesthood. <laughs> like, um, but sometimes it's just, it's like about forming your own heart and your own just like personal relationship with him, um, which I think is probably, I would think, I've never been in seminary, <laughs> but my presumption would be Weird. that that would be hard. I feel like I'd constantly be like, okay, but what about what to do with seminary today and like preparation for the priesthood today? But like ultimately you're going to be a better priest the more formed you are as like a child of God and just like mm-hmm. the more you know Jesus personally. Um, and that's the same like for, for me, Lord willing, I'll get married someday and I'm going to be a better wife. The more I well-formed I am as a Christian in general, yeah. like just a Christian, just someone who loves Jesus. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think that's that's really beautiful. There's like both aspects in there. Um and when you're doing a lot of, like, quote-unquote, churchy things, um, <laughs> it can be, come easy to treat them like, okay, I did the right stuff, so it should mm-hmm. be working. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of like magical thinking that, like, you know, if you do the right things, God will, the right thing will come out of the vending machine from yeah. God. Like, mm-hmm. But it is very much always reminding yourself about the relationship that, that we're called to, and that's that's for everybody, not just you know, seminarians and yeah. uh, novices and convents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remembered what I forgot earlier. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, like, consistent discernment. Um, obviously, you made a choice to... <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm not laughing. You're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Uh, so, obviously, you made... You spent some time discerning, I would think, <laughs> and then entering seminary. and But, like, now that you're in seminary, it's not like, all right, now I'm just preparing to become, like, you are. But um, you're still constantly, you're constantly discerning your vocation until the second that you have committed yourself to your vocation. So just, what's what's that like? I don't know. It's kind of a broad question, but any thoughts on that? Everyone looking at you. You ever had an eight year long panic attack? (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. Sometimes. Like, let's be real. Sometimes. Some holy hours you go in and you're like, all right, Lord, I get it. I'm not supposed to give you a timeline, but I'm about to give you a timeline. Like, come on. (laughs) I've been here for years and that frustration is totally normal. Mm. It's nobody likes it, but that's that's normal. That's part Mm of it. Yeah. It's kind of a funny thing. So you mentioned like consistent discernment. Um, and I think that's like that's something that comes out through like years of asking some of the same annoying questions. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny, like and like there are really good questions that like every formator wants to ask because like they're looking at you and like kind of saying, okay, like where like Mike, like, where is Peter at, and like what can I like do to like help form him, encourage him, guide him into becoming like the fullest version of himself, right? That he might apply himself to whatever vocation it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the kind of the further along you get, like that mindset is, becomes like, I, I assume this mindset, I'm mind reading <laughs> formators right now. <laughs> the mindset becomes a little bit more of like, okay, good. Like you've chosen priesthood. Like we're like choosing you, your candidate. Like, like, great. How can I form you into the man that's going to become the priest? How can I form you and prepare you for this? Um, but like to that end with discernment, these questions surface. Like, okay, why do you want this? Like, look at the elements of priesthood. Like, wow, what is it in priesthood that you desire? What about celibacy? Like, how can you reconcile these things? Um, 
And like, what are, yeah, what are your views on marriage or what have you, right? Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, consistent discernment is just forever and a day for me has been like this like slow winding up a mountain of like getting to that vocation and coming back to the same questions yeah. and being at a different point with them every time. Um, I was on a retreat this last year and I was talking with the director and I was just like, I'm so frustrated, Father. <laughs> you know, like I'm bringing like the same thing. Like I already dealt with this. Like me and God talked about this. It was really good like three years ago and I thought we were done. Um, and he's like, well, Peter, it's not a once and done. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I bet you answered it to the fullest you could then. And like God's brought you deeper and is encouraging and drawing you in to a fuller yes, right? A greater yes, a bigger step in discerning the good and choosing it um, in this current moment where you are right now. Yeah. So I'd say that like consistent discernment has is, is been... Uh, both crazy frustrating, eight-year panic attack, but then also, like, so rewarding, right? Because it's, like, every morning getting to, like, wake up. No, sorry. This is, like, really dreamy sounding. But, like, every morning getting to, like, wake up and be like, oh, yeah, like, I get to say yes again, right? Like, yeah. And, like, those days are, like, sprinkled throughout it, right? Like, there are mm -hmm. moments where it's, like, oh, this is exciting. And there are lots of moments where, like, this is drudgery. Uh -huh. um, but, I mean, like, that's uh, kind of life. <laughs> yeah, in any any situation you find yourself in, <laughs> any vocation you find yourself in, you're not going to, just because you're called to something doesn't mean you're going to wake up every morning, jump out of bed and say, all right, let's do it. <laughs> Some days I'm sure, <laughs> but not every day. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a failure to have to like push yourself to make those choices. That, mm -hmm. um, Like you said, coming back to those questions again and again, it's not a bad thing. Like, we are different people yeah. at different stages in our lives and having that openness of like, oh, God wants to go deeper now. I thought I was done or I thought worse, like I thought he was done. Mm. Um, but being able to say, okay, like let's go deeper, God, into whatever this is. like, yeah. And yeah, I just think even in the priesthood, like coming up against some of the same stuff, but uh, diving in deeper as mm -hmm. you go, it's a gift. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's holiness, right? Like is not... Holiness is not marked by, like, these temptations I might have to go against what God is calling me to or these frustrations I might have with what God is calling me to. Like, holiness is, okay, what choice do I make when I am presented with a choice? Because I, I cannot choose that—we talk about this on the podcast all the time. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I can't choose the way that I feel or what— even to an extent, you know, we can we can improve uh, and do things to maybe help with temptation. But I can't choose what temptations I face. But I can choose how I respond to them. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the mark of holiness. And that ultimately is at the heart of every vocation is that choice. Um, that choosing to live out, like you talked about, where God wants you to be today. Um, and we are all today right where God wants us to be. Mm. We can't know where we will be two years from now. You're really the only one that knows for sure. You'll be a priest in two years. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> but the, like, we can't know for, you don't know what that will look like. And, totally. And you don't know where you'll be and I don't know where I'll be. But today we know that we are where he wants us and choosing to be a saint today is saying yes to that. Um, yeah. And I just think it's beautiful how it spreads over all vocations and all phases of life. Um, like ultimately the path to holiness, while it looks a little different for everyone, it's the same in a way. Um, so we can all help each other and grow with each other and learn from each other, which is super beautiful. Like I can sit here and learn from a priest and two seminarians <laughs> who live very different lives for me, you know, because we're all just heading home. Super cool. Yeah. So we're glad that you guys are here today. That, yes. That this is where you are. Thank you for hiking with us and our children this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
By children, I mean students. Everyone always makes fun of me for saying, like, kids. But they are my kids, you know? It was great. It was a good hike. We had fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you guys know how we finished the podcast? No. There was no warning of this. Mortal combat between two (laughs) of the visitors. (laughs) Oh, look, there's only two. (laughs) One guest leaves. (laughs) And we place bets on who will win. (laughs) Um, So we just share, I mean, it's the Noah's Love podcast, so we share one way that God has loved us this week. Um, um, Father, you want to start? Sure, I can go. All right, thanks. Um, How has God been loving me lately? Uh, I think just lots of, like, good conversations. Like Peter mentioned, we had a... We talked for a while the other day. I've talked to Joe. He's been here a little longer. Just talks with different former students and and people in confession. Just a lot of like hearing how God is working. And mm-hmm. that's, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's part of why we do the podcast, like sharing that um, it's good to share how God loves us. Yeah. That we can all see it more clearly in our lives. So yeah. I think that's for me. That's good. Yeah. How about you? Um, I would say, so I was, <laughs> father got mad at me. He wasn't actually mad, but I was a guest on another podcast this <laughs> week. Scandal. Um, just a guest. Don't worry. Forever. I know his love host. That's right. <laughs> um, but we talked about mental illness and, um, just about, and redemptive suffering. So that was the main theme of it. And just, I always love having the opportunity to share about like my suffering in my life because it just reminds me like of how good God is, which sounds so like, why would that make you think of that? But that's just my God's mercy right there. Um, so it was cool because I got asked this question of like, how has like this struggle in your life affected your daily life? And the first thing I thought of was how it has affected it for in a positive way. And that's not because of literally anything to do with me. Cause <laughs> I've been a long journey of healing, but that's literally because by simply just saying, God come into this place in my life, he's been like, look at all the goodness I've been able to bring through this. And so really I'm just grateful for having a reminder of like how much goodness he's done in my life and always being reminded of that sustains me for whatever struggles I may be going through now or may face in the future. Like, he always brings good out of pain if we bring it to him and offer it to him, which is just like a crazy gift. Amen. Yeah. What about you, Joe? I'd have to say it was a baptism uh, earlier. I believe last week or on Sunday. On Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Saturday, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vigil Mass Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, baptisms are just always adorable. But, <laughs> but yeah, just always a reminder, uh, an invitation too, because everyone renews their faith Right. Everyone is called to remember their own baptisms. And just to remember that in some sense, this is exactly how the Lord sees you as this <laughs> adorable bundle of tears <laughs> and crying and confusion <laughs> as to why water's being poured on you. <laughs> yeah, just always. A, yeah, it was just a reminder on Saturday of like, all right, this is you know the faith we profess, but also just how we how the father sees us. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah takes care of us and. Yeah, beautiful. so it's beautiful. That's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Peter. Peter. Yeah, that's awesome. So like a little under a week ago, I had moved back here to Steubenville from uh, Philadelphia. And it, I had the pleasure of trying to like, you know, meet up with a few friends there prior to leaving. And like one of the guys who I've journeyed with this last year, um, we met up and we talked and it was great because we got to have like one of those like really good, close and intimate conversations where we like went out, got ice cream and sat on like church steps and just talked <laughs> um, about all sorts of things, you know, from the year and stuff, um, and just life in general. But it was beautiful because like 
I got to be there and sort of be like a sounding board and kind of just got to hear about like the good things that God was like doing in his life. Um, and then like, it was kind of funny, like this sort of like kind of not great encounter like ensued um, for him over the phone <laughs> and he hung up and he just kind of like vented, but it was like the most holy venting <laughs> I think I've been around actually. Um, and it was just like beautiful. Like it just like, like I just couldn't help it. I was just like, wow, like this makes me so happy, like joyful from this. And just to <laughs> see that in him um, and just to be like, wow, like God is really at work in this guy. And like, I can see like, okay, like maybe he finishes seminary and becomes a great priest. Maybe like, you know, leaves and becomes a great father, but like just to see the sheer goodness of, of God at work and like the gift of getting to be there to see that, right? Um, to be there for that kind of like, that sort of like, yeah, that raw, like intimate, just like, you know, outpouring. So definitely, definitely a grace there. That's great. Good stuff. Very Those cool. Those were great mm -hmm. answers. Mm -hmm. you, you got it down. You got to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> Guess not. <laughs> no, okay, bye. <laughs> you live here. You have no choice. Uh, that's the dangerous part of that. It's going to secretly record you. <laughs> that's a great thing. Peter and I were having a conversation upstairs just for like the half hour beforehand about our own our own uh, experiences of celibacy and the the mm. call to celibacy. Wow. And uh, just as we we had to end that to come down here, and it was like, <laughs> oh man. Should have slipped a recorder in here. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad no one did. But yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks guys for joining us. It's been great to have you. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we'll be back next week, hopefully with exciting things. We have plans. Do uh, we? Yes. Do I know about them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> for next week? Yeah. Oh, I remembered. Yeah, exciting. I, I actually did remember. She's bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it's a secret. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you wish you knew. <laughs> know his love on Instagram. Know his love on the Twitter website. and Facebook. And know his dot love on the internet. Bye. <laughs> See you guys.